think a lot of attention is, is placed on the multi-state operators. Some of the most interesting questions for and demands for software are actually coming from what we call like single state operators or multi-location operators, say like a five or 10 store operator. They ask very different questions than what an MSO asks of, of their technology. So we see that and it excites us because it's this kind of second tier that's really pushing the envelope on what is possible in cannabis retail. From the PodConnect studios, high in the Rockies at the beautiful Beaver Creek Resort, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today on the MJ Bulls Raising Cannabis Capital Podcast, we are joined by Ian Dominguez, the founder and chief investment officer at Delta Emerald Ventures. Ian, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm really excited that you could make some time for us today, and I know this is going to be a really interesting show, especially for our investor listeners. Delta Emerald Ventures invests in cannabis companies, and your portfolio is just full of some of the leading cannabis industry companies. So your perspective is going to be really valuable as we get into this conversation. Your firm is known for its ability to leverage data and use that data to identify opportunities within the cannabis sector, which makes, I really feel like you're the perfect person considering all the potential regulations that are being discussed, how those are going to impact us and what the future of cannabis investing is going to look like. And maybe we just start right off by talking about the proposal of changing cannabis from a schedule one product to a schedule three. How do you think that's going to impact the industry? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that primarily is going to just cause more capital to come into this space. The fact is that from a boots on the ground perspective, a lot of this world is already living as if it were kind of schedule three. And what I mean by that is that in states where it is legal uh, and which is the vast majority of the population, it's already some degree of legal today. So it's, we're just on different time horizons right now. So safe, sorry, schedule three being pulled forward or that actually occurring sooner rather than later would be fantastic for the industry. I guess my kind of point is that all this is moving very fast anyway. So if to, when I'm to be in it and see it happen live, this is, this is the way this is the way I perceive it. Yeah. I, I spoke to a couple of the bigger MSO CEOs and they were excited about how much cash would fall to their bottom line. A lot of the expenses mm. that they can't deduct right now, they're going to be able to deduct, which they felt like would really give them a real mm. shot in the arm as far as growth goes. Would you agree with that? To some extent, yes. But I'm reminded of the story of Berkshire Hathaway's beginnings. And one of their key insights was not to continue to invest in textiles, knowing that the returns on capital there were not long for this world. So I guess the reason I'm bringing that up is that it, it might seem like suddenly there's a windfall, but when people have windfalls, some people start to do silly things with money. And so this is when you start to see things like discounting take root. And so you never know what's actually going to happen from that type of from that from that type of a quick change. That's a that's an interesting perspective, which I have not heard anyone say before. But you saw that early on, especially when the valuations were just out of sight. There was a lot of frivolous spending, I guess, is probably the kindest way to refer to it. And that kind of leads me to some of the other opportunities maybe that you're seeing mm -hmm. from your vantage point. In, a, in addition to what the 
are the real obvious ones, like Schedule 3 changes. What are some of the more nuanced, more things that, that, that you think will have some impact on the industry? So a couple of things. One is just to level set. We believe that the cannabis industry will be bigger than the alcohol industry, which is a $300 billion industry today. Uh, we also believe that technology spend in this industry is going to at least 20x in the next 10 years. And the reason we think that is actually related to uh, something that we have already talked about. This concept of, say, MSOs and limited license states, on a long enough time horizon, more and more licenses go into every market. Competition increases in every single market. And that is a given. So once you accept reality that high prices are not going to save you, then you have to start to figure out how to drive costs out of your system. It's not about a land grab anymore. It's not about trying to drive as many people to the store as possible. It's about making sure that your business can stand on its own feet. And technology does a very good job of helping operators do that very thing. This is what this is where we see a lot of opportunity. The last part I would add is that I think a lot of attention is, is placed on the multi-state operators. Totally get that. Love that for them. What we see is some of the most interesting questions and asks for and demands for software are actually coming from what we call like single state operators or multi-location operators, say like a five or 10 store operator they ask very different questions than what an MSO asks of, of their technology. So we see that and it excites us because it's this kind of second tier that's really pushing the envelope on what is possible in cannabis retail. That is really interesting. And it makes a lot of sense when you say it. I mean, you're right. All the attention goes to the MSOs. But the yeah. They make all the headlines, but there's a huge portion of the industry is not MSO. And how do they stay competitive, which falls back to your former point, is with technology. So in addition to the MSOs needing technology, the non-MSOs are really going to need it to stay competitive as their markets sure. get tighter. Yeah. This is actually my hope and dream that a, 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 a mom and pop, if you will, has the wherewithal, the ability to actually compete and, and uh, when you know, like we do, that most consumers are very convenience oriented, like it's not like people are driving across town to go to a grocery store typically, right? The same thing kind of applies with, with cannabis. So you take a state like New York, where there are caps to how many retail stores any entity can have. You already know, it's already written, that is going to remain a very fragmented market. And it's huge. It's probably the biggest market in the world. So it will get there and it's not going to be enjoyed pro rata by the MSOs as they currently enjoy of the overall market today. And that, who knows what happens with new states and their legalization timeline, but New York is a pretty big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're right. It's, it could be the, one of the biggest markets. They always talk about California being the biggest market in the world, and I think New York could really rival them. Just before I put a finalize the the MSOs, a lot of the MSOs are, are, are public, and or most of them, I think, are publicly traded companies. And a lot of our listeners were really hurt when their prices tanked. And I think it was a good lesson at the time. And I, I guess I'm going to roll into another question here is, given that as a backdrop, is there an opportunity for 
just a retail investor to make good bets in this industry? Or is it probably a better place for professionals like you are to guide people? Or what is the advantage or disadvantage to working with a professional investor in the cannabis industry versus trying to do it on your own? So, yeah, this is a tough one. I'm On one hand, Peter Lynch would say, invest in what you know. And that's really what I do. I know data and I know cannabis. And so this is my calling. And I try to make it my job to be as well-informed as possible. And for what it's worth, we as a group, Delta Emerald, we are interested in sharing this information. We have a, a newsletter that goes out mostly to, to executives in the industry, but we also even put on an event called CanadataCon that's open to the public from a live streaming perspective. And that really dives into what's going on under the hood. What are the, what's the cutting edge or what's the state of the art for te- cannabis technology? No one has the, the perfect answer to this. We're all trying to figure it out. And I'm trying to create a world where people feel comfortable in sharing stories and learnings because trying to do this all yourself is really a fool's errand and like we can lift each other up in that way. So I think in the last part about that is that like you don't have to take a swing now. You can consider all this time as learning and you don't have to be right all the time. You just have to know when to make a big bet. So, so consider the whole journey to be part of the, the learning process and trust that you will arm yourself for more information for when the time is right to really take a swing. Man, that's good advice. That's really good advice. And I'm going to put all of Ian's information in the show notes, including links to their website. So maybe from those links, can you get access to that newsletter? So yeah, there's a way to request and there's just a kind of a short getting to know you uh, process for that one. And then uh, CanadataCon is also on the website and uh, you can learn about it. It has its own website uh, as well. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. So, so I'll have all the links in the show notes. So if anybody's interested in learning more or speaking with Ian or somebody from his team, that'll be a great opportunity for you to do that. Ian, I'm, I really appreciate you being on the show today. Great insight. Uh, and, it's, and I would say some um, insight that we as a group have not heard before. So appreciate the, your, your, your perspective on things. Love to have you on the show again in the future, but thanks for being on today. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, I'm Gary. And I invite you to discover the Cannabis Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast focused on a Canadian's cannabis culture. I would be the Canadian, and my cannabis passion and culture has been building for five decades. I share that passion for this wonderful plant in every episode, through conversations with cannabis advocates and enthusiasts, stories about the ever-changing legal environment, and some hands-on testing of product in a segment I call Cultivar Corner. The Cannabis Podcast, a Canadian's cannabis culture, one token at a time.